The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. It's about dang time we talk about it because everybody out there on the internet, all of the fitness gurus, they want to talk about building muscle. They want to talk about decreasing body fat. They want to talk about how to have abs. And hey, you know what? I talk about those things too. But me right now in my journey, in this stage of my health and fitness journey, it is all about digestion. Fun stuff. Really nice. Really sexy. All the cool stuff, right? Really admirable, desirable, you name it. Yeah, not quite. But like I said, for me right now in my journey, a lot of the conversation that I have with myself, a lot of the progress that I am making revolves around gut health. And it's about dang time we talk about it, okay? Because gut health, if you had asked me this question two years ago, I'd say gut who? Like, who cares? right? That, that was my response because who the heck cares about your dang gut? Well, I care. Okay. I care a lot. And each of you out there should also be caring a lot too. And this episode is not going to dive into the ins and outs and why you should give a shit about your GI health, but it is more so going to cover how the heck we improve our digestion. Not a fun topic, not a super exciting topic, but a topic that matters a lot as far as your goals go. Because at the end of the day, and the lesson that I've had to learn very much so over the last couple of months is that it doesn't matter how much you work out in the gym. It doesn't matter how hard you push in your leg days. It doesn't matter the foods that you eat sometimes. If your stomach is not functioning the way it should be functioning, you're fucked. Okay, so we need to figure out how to optimize the digestion of everyone out there. And the reason I wanted to do an episode on this is not for my own sake, because I've learned a ton, but it's to share that information with you. The more that I talk about gut health and my own personal gut health journey, both on the show as well as Instagram, in person with individuals, the more it becomes you know, a very pressing topic for a lot of individuals out there. It is not just me who is dealing with gut issues. It is not just me who's dealing with bloating or indigestion or all of those not so fun things to deal with. And nobody really wants to talk about it because who wants to sit here and discuss how to better digest your food? But we need to talk about it. So if you are someone who does struggle with bloating or you feel like, oh, wait, wait a second. Now that you're saying it, you know, I kind of experienced some of these symptoms. At the end of the day, there is a fuck ton of things that we can do and should be doing that we probably are not doing that helps this out. Now, if you have been following for a little while, listening to the show, following me on Instagram, you know that I am in the thick of it with my gut health journey. And it has been about 23 weeks of extreme consistency and perfection with protocols designed to kill off the bacteria and parasites that I have lingering in my gut. 23 weeks, perfect meals, perfect food, perfect macros, perfect training protocols, perfect supplementation, all of the things. Now, I am absolutely patting myself on the back because if you had told me this two years ago that, hey, ma'am, you're going to follow a 23-plus week protocol where you have to be perfect, I'd say, who? Me? Hell no. You mean I can't have snacks? Mm -mm. I can't have chocolate? Mm -mm. I can't have... Nope, nope, nope. Now, did I choose this life? No, this life chose me. And hopefully there is a, you know, end in sight with all of this. But what I'm trying to get at here is that this is the extreme version. And this extreme version is being bestowed upon me and forcing me to go through it because I didn't take care of the basics. 
So if you are someone who does deal with bloating or struggling in this area, do not jump to the conclusion that you need to spend hundreds of dollars on testing, hundreds of dollars on medication, hundreds of dollars on doctor's offices until you do the basics first. If you cover all of this that we are going to talk through today and you're still not feeling so hot, sure, we can take that next step. We have to master the foundation of what your body needs in order to be able to even digest its food before we then jump to the conclusion of something is wrong. Because it very well could be that nothing is wrong, but if we're not helping your body digest its food, we're making things harder, we're going to experience those harder symptoms. We're going to experience the bloating or the heartburn or the acid reflux or the pain, whatever it is that's bugging you the most. Let's cover the basics first, and that's exactly what we are going to talk about today. Okay, step number one for better digestion, and I promise I'm going to get a lot of you guys with this one, okay? We are not multitasking during our meals, not a single one of them, and I know I got a lot of you guys because, holy moly, I am so guilty of this and didn't even really recognize why this was an issue or even that it was an issue until very, very recently. I am the queen of how many fucking things can I do at one time? Let's test it out. Let's see if I can be responding to client check-ins while I'm also eating my lunch, while simultaneously painting my nails, filling up my water bottle, and talking to my boyfriend all at the same time. Cool. Can we do that? No, we probably can. And the problem is that I kind of could. I got really, really, and I still am, really, really good at multitasking everything. And the way that my brain functions, it's productivity first. How fast and how efficiently can I get shit done? So mealtime kind of could be used as doing more than one task. Why stop working when I'm eating, right? That's wasted time. That's time spent, you know, better spent somewhere else practically. And that is so bad for your digestion. So what do I mean by multitasking? No, you don't need to be doing 15 different tasks, but while you are eating your meals, you should not be on your phone. You should not be scrolling through Instagram or TikTok. You should not be doing any work. You should not be on your computer. You should not be in front of the TV. You should not be standing and doing different things in between bites, nothing but you and your food. And think about that. Think through your day right now. Think through your lunch yesterday. What were you doing while you ate lunch? What about when you ate dinner? What about when you were running around the house because you were a little bit late in the morning and the kids are going crazy and you got to get them on the bus and then you're scarfing down your breakfast before you had, what are you doing during your meals? And if the answer is not simply eating, we got to make some changes, okay? Because not multitasking during your meals is going to significantly improve your body's ability to digest the food that it's coming, that's that it's eating basically. And I think the hardest part of this for me in this whole journey was knowing these things, but not really caring enough, or rather not really thinking it made enough of an impact to do something about it. It's like if someone tells you 15 times, make sure you tie your shoe, make sure you tie your shoe, make sure you tie your shoe. You're like, okay, 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 okay. You know you should, but you're not going to tie your shoe until what? You trip over the laces and you fall flat on your face. Then you're like, fuck, I guess I should have tied my shoe. And from that day forward, you will tie your laces every time you start feeling it kind of flop around on the ground. Well, not multitasking during my meals was that same analogy. 
I know I shouldn't do it. I know I shouldn't be rushing around. I know I should slow down when I eat, blah, 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 blah. But until I reach this point of my stomach screaming at me every time I eat anything, aka I now look down and I'm like, oh, okay, we are six months pregnant with twins. That was my body's way of screaming at me. So if this is you, whether you do look six months pregnant with twins after your meals or not, you should not be multitasking during your meal. So I really challenge each of you from every meal and snack, if there is food coming down your throat, you need to be doing nothing else but just sitting with that food. And the reason for this too is our body needs to know and prepare for when food is coming in. And if you are so warped in and distracted by probably social media or some form of technology, your body does not have the ability to know and start that digestive process the way that it should right? The digestive enzymes, your mouth starts watering, things start happening long before that first bite actually takes place. But if you are so sucked into your device, your phone or computer or TV, that doesn't start. And then all of a sudden you're eating the food before your body was ready for the food. Now continue doing that throughout the course of your meal. And that whole process gets very, very delayed. It's not that your body won't digest the food because it's now sitting in your stomach and it knows it needs to do something for it, but you significantly impacted and impaired the regular biological process that's supposed to occur to break down your food. And when we are not properly breaking down our food, what happens? It sits in our stomach a little longer. We feel a little bit extra bloated. We feel a little bit tired, a little bit sluggish. We're not gaining the same nutrients from that food because our body wasn't able to break it down at the rate that it should have. Go a step further. When you have undigested or unbroken down food sitting in your stomach or your gut long enough, guess what starts to happen? The bacteria starts to feed off of that food. And then the bad bacteria starts to grow. And then all of a sudden you're in a position like me where there's tons of bad bacteria and it's just having a field day down there. Okay, not what we want. So I challenge you no phone, no work, no computer, no standing, no multitasking, nothing but you and your food as tip number one to better improve your digestion. Number two is going to be minimal water at your meals. This was something I never, I never really got. I always, not always, in the in the thick of my fitness journey, you know, when I started caring about nutrition, I always thought that the more water you could consume, you know, before your meal, during your meal, after your meal, you would get full. And guess what happens? If you feel kind of full, you're a lot less likely to overeat. Hence, this was me in my restriction era of trying to eat as little as possible. Like, oh, well, I bet I can eat a lot less if I'm totally full on water. And if I chug down this huge glass at the restaurant so that I don't ask for dessert or I don't eat another bite or whatever it was. And it wasn't always like manipulated like that. I just, I'm a natural water drinker. So I just always drink my water with my meals. And then I started getting intentional with drinking a lot of water with my meals for that purpose or, you know, at holiday holidays when it's easier to overconsume, I'll counteract that by drinking more water. Now, this is not what we want to do. Holidays aside, regular day-to-day, you want to take very small sips when needed, you know, to, to during your meal. You don't have to like push your water aside and not even look at it, but small sips when needed uh, as far as water consumption during your meals and really save a lot of it for between your meals. And the reason for this is, I mean, I've read different things. And trust me when I say I've done quite a bit of research as far as your gut health goes, I've read different things. It's not so much that the water consumption will dilute your stomach acid because hear me out, guys, the stomach acid that you have, it's it's, it's called acid for a reason. So drinking an extra little bit of water, you're not at a point of being able to truly dilute it in a sense. But what it does kind of do is almost change the concentration of the gastric juices that need to be doing what they need to do to break down your food. And since that 
concentration is kind of changed, it makes it harder for the food to break down. So essentially adding water in is making it harder to break down the food that you just consumed. So it goes maybe slightly undigested or uh, doesn't get as absorbed as well through your stomach walls. And then that can lead to like acid reflux, heartburn, bloating, all of the symptoms that we notice. Now we don't notice when we're drinking too much water, but we do notice when we have a crazy food baby after we eat or we do have really bad heartburn every time we eat food. So things like that, making sure you minimize the water at your meals and maximize the water between your meals can be really helpful. So good rule of thumb, try not to drink too much water, you know, five to 10 minutes before your meals, not really drinking anything during it, and then give it a good 30 or so minutes post meal. And this is different for everyone. This is kind of just what I found um, to not drink any water and then start consuming again. So small thing to think about, uh, really just making sure you're not guzzling it down while you are eating because it will make it hard to actually break the food down. Tip number three, we've got chew and chew and chew and chew and chew some more. Chew your dang food more times than you think you need to. Chew it longer, chew it more times, chew it slower, really allow that time. And this is a tip that I used to hear all the time with, again, eating less food, right? Chew slower, eat less, blah, 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 blah. Now, this is going to help your body be able to do a few different things. One's the end, one, the enzymes in your mouth are going to be able to better break down the food and kind of start that process is getting mixed with saliva. It's all of these things occur for the greater good of your body's operation. If you guys haven't noticed by now, everything that your body does, it's not by accident. Your mouth doesn't start watering when there's food nearby by accident. You aren't forced to chew food and swallow through a very small little hole in your throat by accident. It's these things have to happen so that the next step of the process can happen. And then the next step and the next step and the next step. And when you're kind of bypassing one of the steps of the digestive system, aka maybe not chewing or, you know, yeah, I guess chewing your food as much as you need to, it makes the next step a little bit harder. So then maybe we are swallowing these big mouthfuls of food. One, be careful you do not choke. That's an obvious one. But two, that food is now harder to break down in your tummy. Okay. All of these things make sense. So what I want you to do is slow down each bite and chew it for longer than you are used to. That could be an extra like five chews. I'm not talking anything substantial. You don't have to sit there, you know, giving your jaw a workout every time you eat a meal. But if you are someone who typically eats very fast, slow down. Slow down and do that by chewing your food a little bit longer. Again, even if you don't really notice any crazy crazy digestive upset, it is going to make things a little bit easier because you broke down more of it ahead of time before it reaches your stomach to continue that breakdown process. So if you have no idea to the amount that you chew or don't chew, try counting for every bite. You take a bite, count how many times you chew it. Aim for like 10 to 12. Again, totally depends on what you're eating. If you're eating like yogurt, guys, we're not chewing our yogurt, but for most meals where you do have to chew, chew it for longer than you think you need to. 10 to 12 times per bite, slow down, and then the bites that you are consuming make those a little bit smaller as well. It's going to also help your body register when you are in fact full. And this is not a restriction technique. This is also a balanced, you know, balance out your food relationship technique where you know, oh crap, I am kind of getting full versus, and I'm sure some of you guys have done this as well, scarfing down a meal because you're absolutely starving. And then all of a sudden you overate because you ate way too dang fast. You didn't even really recognize when that process was happening. So if we can slow down the initial consumption of food by more chews, smaller bites, and slower time between bites, we're going to have a much easier time with A, not putting too much food in your system where it is actually really hard to digest, and B, it'll give you an easier time with truly breaking down that food so that maybe you aren't quite experiencing as much bloating or digestive upset after you eat. 
Number four, and my personal favorite, because it's so damn hard for me to actually follow through on box breathing. What the heck is box breathing? Basically, it is a technique of breathing where you breathe in for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds. It's very slow, it's very intentional, and it's very hard to do if you are someone like me who is go, go, go every hour of every day to sit there and breathe The first time I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, how long has it been? It was like seven seconds, I swear. It was not a lot of time, and it's a very hard technique to get used to, but if you are someone who's dealing with some digestive upset, I highly recommend adding in box breathing, ideally for one to two minutes before your meals, and then one to two minutes after you finish your last bite um, in order to better digest your food. And what this is going to do, it's not just to sit there and make you be patient and slow down. I mean, yes, that too, but box breathing in specific is going to help to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And your parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest response. Now, box breathing, four count in, four count out. It allows your body to start doing some of the digestive, kind of recognizing food may be coming in, being in an okay position to want to digest food. So if you are a go, go, go kind of gal like me, your sympathetic nervous system, we've got parasympathetic and sympathetic, your sympathetic nervous system is going to be the go, go, go one. And that is going to be kind of more so the one that's on or turned on. And it's helpful, it's productive, but that is your fight or flight response. That is what drives energy. That is what drives reaction. That is what drives mental clarity and focus. And I have a task I have to get done. Let's get it done right now. That is your sympathetic nervous system. Now, if that is always turned on, imagine how hard it is for your body to be able to digest when it thinks it's got some task to adhere to, something to get done. I always like to think about it, sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, you are face to face with a motherfucking tiger right now. And really, probably not, right? I would say most of us have never encountered a tiger face-to-face. If you have and you love to tell about it, please send me a DM. I'd love to hear that story. But most of us are not experiencing that type of stress. However, your body doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know. It doesn't know that the stressor that you are now heightened from is really just a deadline for something at work. It has no idea. The response is the same. Heart rate goes up cortisol grows up, appetite gets shut down, digestion gets shut down. You want to know why? Because when your body thinks it is faced head to head with a saber-toothed tiger, is it thinking about like, hmm, I'm a little hungry right now. Hmm, I could go for a snack. Hmm, now would be the perfect time to use the bathroom. No, no, it's not worried about that. Your adrenaline is up, you're hyper-focused, your eyes are dialed in, your ears, your senses, everything is dialed up and ready to freaking fight. So if you are constantly living in that state, but of course you're not facing a tiger and you do still have to eat and you do still have to sleep, all of those things get significantly impaired. From time to time, is the sympathetic nervous system going to take over? Yes. Maybe you have a crazy stressful week. Maybe you're moving and have a million things going on like I do. But if we live in the sympathetic, we have a very big problem. And this is a, again, lifestyle factor that I have learned quite a bit about as far as my gut health journey goes. That goes far beyond just, hey, take this pill and your bloating goes away. Don't believe any of the shit you see online where it's like, take this pill and you'll lose 10 pounds in a day. You know, take this, like, no, no. Do this water detox and no, no. 
If you are living in the sympathetic, you're making it very hard on your body to be able to activate the parasympathetic and learn to rest and digest. You may be restless at night. You may have a hard time falling asleep. You may have a hard time staying asleep. You also have a hard time probably digesting your food or you are experiencing some sort of bloating, heartburn, indigestion, things of that nature. So if we do not force our body, and if you're a totally stress-free kind of person, you're just like, what the heck is this girl talking about? You're like living on island time, just doing your thing. First of all, I'm very jealous. Second of all, you may not need to add this tip in, but I know for a lot of us out there, high achieving, goal-oriented, get shit done, you probably are a little bit more so on the sympathetic nervous system side of things. So implementing box breathing will force your body to switch off the sympathetic and switch on the rest and digest. It's going to bring your heart rate down. It's going to calm you down a little bit. It's going to tell your body, hey, listen, we've got food coming in. And that has to happen because, again, everything our bodies do is for a reason. Go back to like our ancestors, you know, cavemen, cavewomen. They're not going to be sitting down to eat food if being faced by a threat. So you have to remind yourself like, hey, body, we're not being threatened right now. We're in an okay environment. I feel safe. I'm okay. You can start that digestive process. We're in a good space right now to eat some food. And it sounds so silly because that is not the environment we live in, but the genetics of our body and the processes that it goes through, it, it still aligns with the same. So box breathing four seconds in, four seconds out. Very lucky for most of us out there. If you have an Apple watch, it does it for you. And if you're like me, you turned that dang setting off forever ago, and I just recently turned it back on. So it's the little breathe or meditate um, icon. It's like a blue flower looking thing, and there's a setting that says breathe, and you can set it for however long you want from one minute to five minutes, and I highly recommend sitting and doing that again before your meal. Eat your meal nice and slow, and then after your meal to allow your body that time to switch on the parasympathetic, be able to better digest your food. And I promise this is going to be incredibly helpful for how you feel after you finish your meals. Tip number five, and one of my favorites, because I actually do really notice a difference when I implement this one, digestive walks. Something as simple as a five to 10 minute walk or type of movement after you eat your meals can help with incredibly you know, I don't want to say faster digestion, easier digestion, easier digestion and the breakdown and absorption of nutrients. Movement allows basically certain organs and parts of your GI tract to kind of get moving and help with things going on. It's really hard for our bodies to break down food. It's really, really hard. And that goes back to also why it's not really always the best if you are someone who like doesn't really eat much during the day. And then all of a sudden you have like a 2000 calorie meal for dinner and then head to bed like, woof, your, your digestive system probably hates you a little bit. It's really hard. And when you put a ton of food in, in one go, it's not happy with you, which again is also why I recommend, you know, smaller meals more frequently throughout the day typically works a little bit better if you are having digestive issues, but either way, digestive walk five to 10 minutes of movement. Let's get that body flowing. Let's get the blood flowing. Let's get those organs reminded like, Hey, girlfriend, boyfriend down there. Yep. We got to get going. We got to break down some food. So if you can, and this totally depends on your job, your lifestyle, whatever it may be after your meals, you're going to sit, we're going to do our box breathing one to two minutes. We're going to sit chill for a second. We're going to get up. We're going to do some light movement. This is not jumping jacks. This is not burpees. This is not jog in place. We want parasympathetic movement. Heart rate's still pretty low, but we are moving around, which is why walking is probably one of the best things you can do for your overall digestion. Now, 
I have the luxury of working from home. So after I finish my meal at 2 p.m., I can get up and go for a little five, 10 minute walk and that's a-okay. Now I know a lot of us do not have that luxury. Maybe you aren't working from home or you're on the go or you're always driving or you have to eat in your car, whatever it may be, get this done as much as you can, even, even, even if it is just the last meal of your day. So whenever you eat dinner, spending five to 10, maybe even 20 minutes after dinner, getting a nice slow walk-in. This is not like, how fast can I go? How high can I get my heart rate? Can I burn some calories from this dinner? That is not the purpose of this. The purpose is just movement to get that food to start breaking down. So I have been doing this, like I said, basically after almost all of my meals. Sometimes I guys truly will wind up just pacing back and forth in like my living room kitchen area for five minutes if I'm super busy day, but I need to get that movement in. And it really does make a difference. Now, the biggest difference I've noticed is after dinner. I will do a little bit of a longer walk, maybe 20 minutes. My boyfriend and I will go out, get some steps in, just kind of get some fresh air, move my body after dinner. And I always feel less bloated going to bed once I've done that. And digestion is always a little bit more regular the next day once I've done that. And if you are someone who's eating your last meal pretty close up to bedtime, I would highly recommend 15 to 20 minutes, slow movement, walking, walking on a treadmill would do the same thing, nice and slow uh, in order to help with the digestive process. And what you guys are probably noticing and should be noticing in that is a lot of these things are easy to add in. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing monumental. My advice for digestion is not this absolutely absurd. Make sure you stand on your head with one leg in the air and eat your food upside down. And I swear it works. I promise like easy things to do that basically realign your activity with what your body needs. And the better we can get at coming back to that baseline of what is our body trying to do right now and how can I help it, the better we're going to feel long term. So tip number six is going to be adding in a probiotic. So probiotics are kind of like the good bacteria. Uh, for your stomach. So all of us in our stomach, you have a balance of good and bad bacteria. Obviously, we want the good to be better, stronger, more replenished than the bad bacteria. The good will kind of eat the bad, if, if you will. And we want that to happen. There has to be a balance. That is called your body's microbiome, your gut microbiome. So with that being said, probiotics are kind of a, a piece of like the larger picture. And I don't want to go into it too heavily, but they are going to help better balance out the good. And the good is what breaks down all of our food and we need that in there. So if you are not taking a probiotic and you right now do struggle with bloating or indigestion or, you know, not the easiest bowel movements, we know the deal, right? Adding in a probiotic can be extremely helpful for you. So I personally will get my probiotic in through the reds and greens that I take on a daily basis. So I will drink reds and greens every single morning. The greens that I drink have a probiotic included. There's also a ton of other things in the greens, which is why I like that because right now, like I don't want to take a probiotic, a digestive enzyme, a prebiotic, a, you know, GI pill, a... I want to just do it all in one go. And the greens that I take do it all in one go. Like, thank goodness, ease of, of convenience, fantastic. Now, it's also really important that the probiotic strand that you are taking is proven and researched to actually withstand the harsh environments of your stomach, right? Because if it gets broken, if it gets broken down in your stomach, just like your food does, it's not reaching the parts of your gut that we need it to. So it needs to withstand that harsh environment, that acidity and get to your gut to do what we want it to do. So the greens that I take have something called DDS1, and I don't actually know the formal blah, 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 scientific, I don't even know how to pronounce it, name, but that is the probiotic that I will take in my greens and very, very much live by it. I've been taking it for probably about two years or so now in these greens. 
and it makes a big difference. Ask anyone out there, do any bit of research on the internet, what's the best supplement to take for your gut health? It's going to say a probiotic, but make sure it is the right probiotic. You can go to CVS and get a probiotic for like 12 bucks and it's not going to do shit. Okay, that's like spending five bucks on vitamins and you're like, I swear it's not working. I'm sick all the time. Well, yeah, because the vitamins that you're taking aren't plenish, are, aren't, what's the right word I'm looking for here? There aren't, you know, enough of them in it to actually make a difference. That's like taking, I don't know, I need to drink a gallon of water a day to feel my best. You drink a quarter of a half of a gallon and you're like, but I don't feel my best. Well, yeah, because in order for it to work, you needed a full gallon. Well, in order for the probiotic to work, you need the right one. In order for your vitamins to work, they need to have enough of them in there to do the job that's being asked of them to do. So do a little research into your supplements. You absolutely get what you pay for. And if you are cheaping yourself out on some just random CVS something, I, I, I don't want to tell you guys like, go buy this, go buy that, but it's not going to be helping enough. And if you are trying to take your gut health seriously, I highly recommend the greens that I am taking. I will put a link in the description of today's episode, but they have been a game changer for me. So adding in a probiotic as far as a supplementation goes to better help with your digestion is a major key. Last but not least, tip number seven, and this is kind of a little bit of a duh kind of tip, but watch what the fuck you're eating. If you are complaining of bloating, but your diet consists of fast food, process option, a million different package this, can't even read the ingredients on that, well, no shit. Your body's having a very hard time breaking all of those things down. It's inevitable. So don't go hooting and hollering and complaining and whining that you're really, really bloated all the time if your diet consists of a bunch of bullshit, okay? That needs to be step number one. This tip should have actually been tip number one, is to watch what you're eating. You want to be putting in real whole foods, the more foods that you can put in your body throughout the day that you could literally go out in nature and find, the better off you're going to be. So there is no specific diet that helps with gut health. There is no specific diet that helps with bloating. But I can 99% of the time guarantee that if your diet is very rich in whole foods, you're going to be having a much easier time with digestion, a much easier time with bloating, and a lot less pain and discomfort than someone who is eating this breakfast that's frozen, ordering lunch out, ordering pizza for dinner, having a protein bar for this, drinking that. Like, it's going to be a nightmare. So what you put in your body plays a huge role, not just in how you look with your bloating, but how you feel, your energy levels, the amount of nutrients your body's getting, how your organs are doing, how your brain functions. So eat shit, food, feel like shit. Okay, that's that's a standard across the board. There is no way around that. So while you are watching what you're eating, another thing you can do to help is just aim for fiber-rich foods, uh, something that a lot of individuals, if you're not paying attention to your nutrition, probably aren't getting in enough fiber. And fiber is one of the most helpful things to just regulate digestion as a whole. So women specifically should aim for around 20 to 25 grams of fiber daily. And men, it's closer to like 35 to 40 grams. Now it is a little bit individual. Some women can get away with 30, 35 grams and be totally fine, and it is what it is. But there is such a thing as too much fiber. 55-plus grams of fiber as a female typically is going to lead to a little bit more stomach pain and a little bit of constipation. It'll slow things down. You need a good balance where things are not running right through you, but they're also not backed up either. So 20 to 25 grams typically. Uh, fiber can come from things like oats or breads, whole grains, avocado, uh, popcorn, berries, fruits, veggies, things of that nature. Again, whole foods for the most part. Now, if you are tracking your macros, I highly recommend taking a look at that little bar of fiber in MyFitnessPal because it'll tell you where you're at for the day and slowly getting this up to that 20 to 
25 gram range while you are eating whole foods, your stomach's going to be a much happy camper. So good news is with all of the seven tips for today, they are easy, they can be implemented right away, and they should be implemented right away. If you didn't come out of this episode with like, oh yeah, I definitely need to do that, then you need to go back and re-listen and you need to do a little bit of a harder look into your eating habits because nobody out there is perfect. And maybe it's just me, but I was significantly called out with each of these things when I started to actually care about my gut health. Now, I am not there yet. I've still got quite a few things going on quite a few issues that I am still trying to solve. But I can tell you one thing, on the days that I don't do this, I'm super busy, so I'm multitasking for my meals. I'm super stressed out and I'm just kind of getting that food in. I aren't able, I'm not able to go on a digestive walk after my meals or I had to rely on something more. Pro- I feel 10 times worse, always. Always, always, always. And I never really used to notice a difference probably because I used to just feel like shit all the time. But the days that I do these things, the days I am slowing down, the days I am paying attention to how fast or slow I'm eating, I'm like, wow, I don't feel like garbage. This is fun. This is good. So digestion 101, stick with the basics, please, before you guys go freaking searching every nook and cranny for the problem of what's wrong. There may not be a problem. It may just be more of a lifestyle factor where you're making it very hard on your stomach to actually digest the food that you are consuming. So add these seven things in religiously for a couple of weeks, and I promise you will start to see a benefit. You will start to notice some changes, and then eventually they do become habits where you don't always have to be thinking about it. So hopefully that was helpful for any of my babes out there who are struggling from the digestion standpoint. I am right there with you, but implement these things in. We are in it together, and hopefully this helps.